Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Do not be proud. But be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Let me just stop there and say this. One of the things that keeps us from living in peace with others is our pride. I don't want to forgive you. I'm not going to accept your forgiveness to me. I was right. You treated me wrong. Sorry. So notice, live in harmony with one another. Don't be proud. It's really difficult to interact with someone who thinks that they're better than you. It can make you mad and act in ways that you usually end up regretting. It's even worse when the other person claims to be a Christ follower. The Apostle Paul addressed this issue in 1 Corinthians, as did Jesus in the Gospels. It's a human tendency, as Pastor Mark will teach today, but one that God hates. You'll hear how to keep from being proud and how to deal with people that try to make you feel small. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Hebrews chapter 12 as he begins his message, Pursue Peace and Enjoy Grace. Turn in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 12. 12. Hebrews chapter 12 is about the race, the race of life. We learned that sometimes we get discouraged and we just need help. Now, if you've ever worked with people, and of course all of us do in lots of different areas, sometimes it would be a lot easier in life if there weren't any people. Am I right? Sometimes it would just be easy if there was no people, there's no hassles, I can just take care of myself, I don't have to do anything for anybody else. Man, they drive me nuts with their personality or whatever, and maybe they're Mr. Monk or something, and they just drive you crazy. (laughs) But then life would be lonely, life would be unfulfilling, and really it would be a lot worse. So God gave us people for a reason. Sometimes we have to go the second mile. Sometimes people have to go the second mile for us. Jesus, speaking about people, said in Matthew 22, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. But he didn't leave it there. And then he said this, And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. We're to love God and love people. We can't abandon people. We're to love people. That's how we do life right. 
Our race is done with God and with people. Well, as we do that, it calls for us to do some things. And that's what this scripture is about. We race with all kinds of people. This love God is the first four commandments. When we get to Exodus, we'll talk about the top ten, the top ten commandments. And then the next six commandments are about loving one another, people. What kind of people will you and I have to love? Well, generous, kind, easy to love people. Yes, we're all that way from time to time, but what other kind of people are there? Difficult, cranky, impossible, hard to love people. That's exactly right. Now, why do we have to do all this? Well, because God made us a body. Remember Romans? We talked a lot about the body when we did that whole series on our gifts. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are all parts of one body. Each of us has different work to do. And since we are one body in Christ, we belong to each other. And each of us needs all the others. So I need you, you need me, of course, we all need God. As we begin to work with people, as we race, there's some things that can get us sidetracked. Hebrews chapter 12, look at verse 14. Make every effort to live in peace with all men and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. I like the New King James here. It says this. It's the first word in the New King James that I want you to focus on. It says, pursue peace with all people in holiness, without which no one will see the Lord. As we continue to run our race, we need to have right priorities. I'm going to give you four keys. Here's the first one. Pursue with God's help, peace with everyone. Shalom. Peace with everyone. When our relationship with God is right, then it's a natural extension that will lead us to be right with one another. Now, that's, that's when problems begin to enter in. Because sometimes... We know that God wants our relationships to be peaceful. That's how you run. That's how you keep effective. If you're always cranky and upset with somebody else, can't forgive them, jealous of them, all these things, your focus, your energy, your zeal to run the race with God is definitely impaired. Now keep your finger right there. We'll be back in a moment. Turn to Romans chapter 12. Paul would speak on this numbers of times and numbers of ways. And I think as you see this, It'll speak big time to you. Romans chapter 12, go down to verse 16. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Let me just stop there and say this. One of the things that keeps us from living in peace with others is our pride. I don't want to forgive you. I'm not going to accept your forgiveness to me. I was right. You treated me wrong. Sorry. So notice, live in harmony with one another. Don't be proud. Watch pride. 
Verse 17. Not only will I not accept your apology, but I'm going to make it bad for you. I'm going to get even with you. No, that's wrong. Good. Verse 17. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. Verse 18. If it is possible, we'll come back to that in a moment. As far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Here's another warning about repaying people back. Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. As you read that, Understand that our verse in Hebrews said, I am to pursue peace. I love personally people who will put their pride aside, doesn't matter what the situation is, and just say this, let's together find a way to work it out. That's the kind of people I like to work with. And as you begin to deal with people, you can sense pretty quick If that's the kind of person you're dealing with, or if you're dealing with a very prideful person, here's my line, I'm not John, I don't care what you do, I'm not doing it. And you can already tell, this is going to be a very difficult thing to work out. So I want to encourage you to be this person that's known as a peacemaker. You ought to be a peacemaker. That's what Jesus was. Now, you'll see a couple warnings when we get there, you'll understand that. Now, This kind of attitude is counter to that selfish, prideful nature that I have in me. And if I'm going to have peace in the home, at work, in the church, I'm going to have to be this person that pursues peace, that should be on my mind. Now, that word pursue is very good. Kipling had a great little prose saying. It says this, Our England is a garden. And such gardens are not made by singing. Oh, how beautiful and sitting in the shade. In other words, if you have a garden and it's going to be beautiful, you just don't sing, oh, what a beautiful garden, as you're sitting in the shade. You have to what? You have to get out there and pursue the weeds. You have to dig them up. You have to pursue all the bugs that are on the plants. You have to spray them. You put the soap on them. You do whatever is that you have to pursue it. A garden doesn't grow up beautiful while you're sitting there looking at it. If there's going to be peace in our relationships, I have to be a person that simply pursues it. Peace doesn't just happen. In fact, exactly the opposite, because we're in a spiritual warfare. Now, Romans 14, 19 says this, Therefore, let us pursue the things which make for peace and the things by which one may edify one another. So that word pursue, again, is there. Pursue anything that I can do to make peace. Now, look back at verse 18. This is a key. If it is possible... Now, that's a different wording, and it ought to allude you to something already. We say nothing's impossible with God. But this says, pursue peace if it's possible with you. So what does that say to me? That says to me, no matter what I do, sometimes peace is not 
possible. Do you understand that? No matter what I do, sometimes peace simply isn't possible. Let me give you a little idea how peace can look. Notice the statement, peace is not always possible. Put that in your Bible by that verse. Now, you have to be careful how you use that. Well, I called them, left a message on their phone. I didn't give my phone for them to call back, but I did it, what I could do. No. Or you go with this attitude. Hi, we've had a problem. I know it's not possible to have peace with you, so God bless you. (laughs) No. You haven't pursued peace. You have an ulterior motive already. So we know sometimes peace isn't possible. Sometimes, and I get this question a lot. All the pastors get this question a lot. And it's a very good question. Sometimes people will say, well, I've gone, I've apologized to an individual. I've even asked their forgiveness when it really wasn't even my fault. I've asked my forgiveness, but they refused to accept my forgiveness. What do I do now? Well, that's what this verse is about. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Sometimes it's not possible. So what do I do in a case like that? I either go to the person and ask forgiveness or forgive the person. And then if they reject it, what do I do? I move on with my life. I can't force someone to be peaceable with me. And of course, we have that a lot in marriages and all kinds of divorce situations and those things, but in a lot of other situations. Plenty of situations in church where somebody said I was wrong and whatever, and no matter what you do, it never is right with them. Well, that's because they really don't want a peace. They want to keep that hurt, and they want to nurse that hurt. They want to rehearse that hurt over and over again to their detriment. Now, what's the danger of that verse? Two things. Here's danger number one. When a person refuses your apology or refuses to forgive you, what is my natural reaction? Just what we read in this Romans 14. Notice my natural reaction is what? I'll repay you. You're going to hurt me by not accepting my apology? Watch me get you. I'll get even with you. And so we move from a place where I was a peacemaker. Now I'm worse than they are. Because now what begins to enter my mind? Bitterness. We'll talk about this later. Pretty soon, I become this bitter person. So number one, in some situations, no matter what we do, a person that we go to will not accept our apology, our forgiveness, Whatever we say, as long as, you know, we're doing it with the right motive. So it just won't happen. So in that case, I have to leave it with God. I can pray for the person for sure. And then I just move on. I just absolutely move on. What's the second danger? The second danger is I cannot pursue peace with another person at any price. And sometimes that can happen in a church. We want to accomplish something, and we want to be in unison. But somebody says, well, we're going to have to kind of like violate this scripture. Well, when I begin to think about violating a scripture to have peace, I can't do it. So when it comes to the Word of God, there's simply times when I'm going to have to take a stand. Christianity is not a salad bar. Christianity is all based 
on the finished work of Jesus Christ. If you take Christ out of Christianity, you have anity. You have nothing. People email from time to time and say, Pastor Mark, you're too narrow. No, I'm not too narrow. The Bible's narrow. We don't set the parameters. God set them. So, well, you'd be more peaceful as a pastor if you don't get into those things that just put people in a corner. Well, we don't do it harshly. Jesus didn't do it harshly. But Jesus, when the rich young ruler came to him, said to him, this is the thing that's keeping you from following me. You have to get rid of that thing. Now, he could have said, come follow me. doesn't matter what you have. And there would have been peace. But there'd been no truth. Do you understand? So sometimes, even in a marriage, even in a situation like that, or whatever with a child, even an adult, we kind of enable people. Well, I'm going to help them. And we get this a lot with people who are on drugs or alcohol or all kinds of things. And they're allowing, they're enabling their children as they get to be 18, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40. They enable them. They always take them in. Never let them suffer any of the consequences. We want peace in our home. We don't want whatever. And pretty soon you have a 55-year-old that has never learned to stand on their own feet. And the parents have always enabled them. The parents more at fault than the child or now the 55-year-old. Why? Because they're trying to have peace. When you can have peace, that person needs to understand the consequences of their actions. Certainly with love. You can't just go for it and take the Bible or any other truth and just kind of put it on the way and say, we want to be peaceful. doesn't work. Now, go back to Hebrews 12, 14. Make every effort to live in peace with all men, And to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Here's number two. I'm not only to pursue peace, but I'm to pursue with God's help. I'm to make every effort to be holy. Inward and outward. Now remember who the writer of the Hebrews, maybe Paul, is writing to. He's writing to Jewish converts. Most of their lives were on the externals of religion. It was external. We did all these things. We lined up. We looked good on the outside. Jesus would speak about it here in Matthew 23. What sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees, hypocrites, For you are so careful to clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside you are filthy, full of greed and self-indulgence. Here's his treatment. You blind Pharisees, first wash the inside of the cup and the dish, and then the outside will become clean too. Now what is this? Holiness. Really, holiness speaks about this, difference and separation. You see a little picture of this today, if you've read the newspaper, saw the television, the Mormon sect in Texas. You remember the ladies that the children were taken from them? They were on television with their dresses and 
their hair that is in a big bun and whatever. Well, lots of people saw their dresses and they want to know where to get them. So now they're selling online, this sect, their dresses. I'm so thankful, and I say this kindly, my wife doesn't want to wear one of those dresses. And I had her hair cut yesterday just to make sure she wouldn't wear one of them, because I like her hair short. I'm just kidding. I do like her hair short. But isn't it amazing? Because when you look at that dress, covered up to here, down to here, we look holy. But the Bible says, careful, it is not about the outside. Oh, it is a little bit. But holiness doesn't come from the outside, it comes from the inside. Jesus says, if you take care of the inside, the outside will take care of itself. You just be separate. You be different than the world. Make sure it's coming. Barclay says this, although he lives in the world, the man who is holy must always in one sense be different from it and separate from it. His standards are not the world's standards, nor his conduct the world's conduct. His aim is not to stand well with men, but to stand well with God. You see, when we begin to talk about holiness, this difference and separation, we have to be very careful of our pride, because we can look one way and be very, very different. I remember when Linda and I Our kids were younger. We went up and went to Pennsylvania area, the Pennsylvania Dutch area. Great food and just beautiful country. And we end up staying at an Amish farm, actually a Mennonite farm. It was all computerized. And, you know, they're the liberal branch of the Amish. They have electricity. They have cars. They do all these things. And so we stayed at this beautiful farm. It was incredible. we get up and watch them, and they could tell from each cow how much fat there was in the milk that day, and it was all computerized and amazing. While we were there, we see somebody drive up in the horse and buggy. It's one of the Amish. And they stop, and they come on in to the barn. And I said to, like, the owner, what are the Amish people doing here? He says, well, they don't have electricity. They can't use the electricity, so they come here to make their phone calls. We went, wow. Now, we laughed, but see, we can have that form of godliness and just go around it as if nobody notices. Now, the Mennonite people knew exactly what was happening. So they look holy, but they really weren't separate. They were doing what they always wanted to do in their heart. 1 Thessalonians 4, 3 says, God's will is for you to be holy, so stay away from all sexual sin. Now, keep your finger right there. Turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 1. Remember, holiness, I'm called to be different. But let me say this to you. You're not called to be weird. We're called to be different. Not so you stand out in a crowd and go, oh, I know there, they go to Calvary Chapel. Well, is is that Melbourne or Vieira? Oh, that that group goes to Vieira. Look at them. In today's teaching, Pastor Mark reminded you that your walk as a Christ follower is not to be traveled alone. 
It's pretty clear from Scripture that God intended people to work together to accomplish His goals. You were told that for this working together thing to work, you have to pursue peace with others. This will require that you let God reshape your character. You don't have to wait to hear another message from Lessons for Living. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com to access our archive of messages on various topics and books of the Bible. Subscribe to our podcast as well to receive updated teachings as soon as they're made available. We're so glad you joined us today and we'd love to connect with you. Feel free to contact us with your questions and prayer requests at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Next time, Pastor Mark will continue his teaching, Pursue Peace and Enjoy Grace. He'll start talking about the concept of holiness. You'll learn what holiness means to God and how that will affect your life as a Christ follower. You'll be reminded of the grace and mercy that's been extended to you by God how you're responsible to treat everybody else the way God's treated you. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through the book of Hebrews. It's next time on Lessons for Living. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a herd.